Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. You can't throw a rock in the anime world without it landing within an arm's reach of a giant mecha anime. This week, we watched Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Commonly referred to as G Gundam, this is a 49-episode 1994 Japanese animated television series and the fifth installment of over 50 in the long-running Gundam franchise. The English version aired on Toonami in 2002. Commemorating the 15th anniversary of the Gundam brand, G Gundam was produced to reboot the waning popularity of the long-running franchise. It is the first Gundam series with a self-contained plot set in an alternate calendar era from the original Universal Century timeline. Additionally, the show casts aside many of the conventions set by its predecessors and takes many new steps for the franchise. The series is set in the future century, where space colonies representing countries have agreed to hold an organized fighting tournament known as the Gundam Fight every four years to settle their political differences in place of war. Each colony sends a representative fighter pilot in a giant humanoid mecha called a Gundam to battle on Earth until only one is left, and the winning nation earns the right to govern over all the colonies until the next tournament. The events of G Gundam follow Domon Kashu, the pilot of Neo Japan's Shining Gundam, during the 13th Gundam Fight. Domon's mission is, to bo- is both to win the tournament and to track down his older brother, who is believed to have stolen the mysterious Devil Gundam from the Neo-Japan government. We watched four episodes. Episodes 1, 23, 25, and 39. Not going to try to read out those titles, huh? I will when I do the summary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was also expecting, and boy, were they episodes. <laughs> So I, I I am to blame for this on our list because this is absolutely a nostalgia trip for me. <clears throat> but I also figure acknowledgement of a under can this be called an underground cult classic? Definitely a cult classic. But it is hmm. one of the dark horses of Gundam because this is one that really divides a lot of people <laughs> that are Gundam fans. I can see that from what I understand of Gundam. Yeah, like it's the last time I watched this show, and it's it's funny, I, I forgot that this show was, like, straight up on Daytime Toonami, so it makes sense that we swapped it into this tier. Um, but watching it now, after the context of watching, like, a bunch of older series and, and shows that came before it, and just stuff that I had not seen at the time, because Toonami was my only source, like, the things this show is doing are kind of, like wild in just like uh-huh. what it is pulling from and what it is like doing and the way it is like changing things while still being a Gundam and just like it's this is such like a, a like it makes sense that it that we put it in this tier right here but also like to me it so clearly does not fit here I'm just be bewildered yeah. that this is a thing as a reminder the tier we are currently in is the Daytime Toonami tier. Aptly named. So I'm going to have to lead with one little 
kind of question for Bob and then an elaboration on it. So, Bob, why do you think this is called G Gundam? Uh, certainly not because we're going alphabetical with the Gundam thing. Correct. Uh, because it's a cult classic and I can see people in cults watching it. Oh, Bob, I thought you would have picked up in one of the episodes. It's called the, the, the second Gundam, not the lead, but the replacement for the hero's initial Gundam, Shining Gundam, is wait, well, the wait, God. That's what the G stands for? Yes. So can you guess what the Dark Gundam's name actually is if it weren't in English? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Kindly. It still starts with a D. It's not the Devil Gundam, correct? Yes, it is. That's, that's in Season 1, Episode 23, Destined Battle, Gundam <laughs> versus Devil Gundam. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, so you were paying attention. I'm both proud and upset at you for ruining this for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gundam, some Gundam series... Most, I think, really, it just boils down to the follow-up series to the, this uh, Gundam Wing had some name changes, edited names, when released in America because you know Walmart wants to sell model kits and <clears throat> certain theological groups have. Here. Mm-hmm. So, but I would like to give you some some names, Bob, of Gundams. Gundam names okay. that were changed for for the benefit of more sensitive American audiences. So there was the God Gundam, which was changed to, in English, the Burning Gundam. Really? Yes, and as I'm sure you recall, Shining Gundam's uh, primary attack was the Shining Finger. Can you guess the American version of what the God Finger was? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> the Burning Finger, which I'm going to tell you. Doesn't ever get old. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was the, interesting. Mm-hmm. The, so the Dark Gundam and the Dark Army were originally the Devil Gundam and its Death Army. There were also some Gundams whose who appeared very briefly, maybe not getting the full name in the show, but one of the ones you see early on is. I think it's actually in the second or third episode, you see Neo-Erax Neo Gundam, which uh, in the English dub was the Desert Gundam. Mm-hmm. In the because original, it was less the... Offensive? Less offensive than the Scud Gundam. Whoa, the Scud oh Missile. my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we also have you know, Neo-Canada. With its, in English, it was the Grizzly Gundam, which I still think is a better name than the original Lumber Gundam. Uh-huh. He had an axe. He had an axe. He, he had an axe. He had my, a toque. That robot has a toque. Yeah. Toques in anime. What can you ask for? Um, or what can't you ask for? Um, here's the thing. If they call it Lumberjack Gundam, I would have been okay. I'm like, okay, that's a better name. But they stopped at Lumber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't have any plaid. <laughs> And then there's uh, you, there are other Gundams you didn't see, like Britain's Royal Gundam was originally the John Bull Gundam. Look it up. Um, the Mummy Gundam the Fourth from Neo Egypt was the Pharaoh Gundam the Fourth originally. Mm-hmm. The Scythe Gundam was originally the Minaret Gundam. 
Master Asia's Gundam, which we first see him with, not the not the eponymous Master Gundam, was named in English the How Gundam, originally being the Kowloon Gundam or Kowloon. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong either way, and I apologize. Yeah. And then there's uh, Neo Germany's Gundam, which Neo Germany's a lot of fun when you dive into this. Never mind looking, having a very choice aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It, uh, being named Gundam Spiegel probably had the most accurate translation into English as the Shadow Gundam. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. we, Bob, you saw the giant window, min, windmill. I made sure you had to see the giant windmill. That's how he blows his enemies away, I am praying and hoping. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in English, it's the Hurricane Gundam. In Japanese, okay. in the original broadcast, it was the Nether Gundam. That makes sense. Well, it makes sense. In the it makes one. sense, but it just, the visual said just also kind of, hmm, maybe if it had big wooden shoes. <laughs> it was and just then we one get big some, wooden shoe. Mm-hmm. And then we get to some more fun names with, in the Matador Gundam for Neo Spain, in English was the Toro Gundam. What's wrong with the Matador? I agree personally. I think the design could have been better. No, no. Well, I mean, uh, it is the bull, right? I am bull. Yes. Yeah. I prefer Toro Gundam because that's the bull Gundam. Yeah. Well, see, I like the name, the not the design. <laughs> um, and then the Sailor Venus Gundam, also known as the Noble Gundam, yeah. or actually the Nobel Gundam, in English became the Noble Gundam, as <laughs> not to be confused with the Nobel Prize even though that's, that's what it was named for. <laughs> and then one weird one, which you kind of visually see referenced, but you haven't seen yet, is what they have these four kings, which are essentially north, south, east, west, uh, references to godlike entities of those uh, directions, is the Heaven's Sword Gundam, which is a giant bird. <laughs> and it was changed and I think a better name, to the Soaring Raven Gundam. Still overly wordy, but definitely a change. (laughs) So this is part of the reason I wanted you to see this show. Gotcha. It's just the chaos of it. (laughs) Yeah, it is a mishmash of so many things. It's it's weirdly like, hey, passingly racist stereotypes this show. Like, it feels like it was an excuse for that. I I have to believe there was a genuine earnestness and, and innocence towards it, thinking, "Oh, these are things these countries are known for," and not realizing, "Oh, yeah, oh, these are these are things countries are known for," such as the design of Gundam Maxter, which is, God, it it feels like such a product of the '90s, but should have been made by an American because it is boxing. It's also got six shooters and it has football pads which become America. bigger big boxing gloves and a was, surfboard that's a shield and a football helmet i was a little disappointed that his gun was not a six shooter it is it is is it yeah i thought it it's was designed like, to look like a, um, bob i had the model it is absolutely a six shooter. <laughs> okay um, Let me tell you, that was a that was a choice design. And it even has a muscular chest underneath its football pads. Yeah, it blows off its chest to reveal Gundam packs. Oh god. 
everything about this show is so extra, but it's like there's I don't think there's a way it works without it. I, I mean, yeah, like, like the the very first thing you see in the intro is like the part when you realize that like, oh, the reason why you know, when when these countries went to space, they just took chunks of the planet with them. There's just floating islands in space. Which I both love and hate that it's the laziest depiction of space colonies in Gundam ever. But it's, it's but so... Neo-Japan, it looks like Japan, and Neo-America looks like a star. With, <laughs> with, importantly, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> they took it with them. We're not going to talk about Neo-Mexico looking like a giant sombrero with a cactus on it. Mm-hmm. And the logistics of sending that through the atmosphere. I just, think funny, I just think it's funny that all of them, instead of, like, creating new names for themselves, they were just like, no, this is Neo-whatever. They saw the future, and now <laughs> they all know Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's funny that you, that you say it feels like designs from the '90s, but like it really, like so much about this show. Watching it now, I'm just like, oh, this is aping everything about like '80s giant robots shows. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just like, oh, this this is this is Mazinger. The learning that the um the director's previous work was working on uh the remake of Giant Robo. It's just like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. okay. That explains why Dom Domon has uh his big O it's showtime moment, because it's like <laughs> it is somebody who Which worked on stuff from that era. Yeah, it's so good, but like but even in the and I guess we'll get into this a little more in, in some of the later Fs, but like the way that this show is like it is still doing the Gundam thing because it is technically a show about uh like conflicts between um, sort of earthnoids and space civilization and there is this divide and the way that the space people are kind of having their equivalent of war and what we are seeing is all of the people on earth who are sort of the casualties Conflict. of that war yeah and it's just like here here's the effect that war has on on the people who aren't even involved sometimes and get dragged into the war and that is an extremely Gundam theme to, to pull in um but it is also like the show is shaped and that's I don't know why I use that word, but it is shaped like soap opera and high drama and it is about uh-huh. it is about who is going to change allegiances, who who's next like evil twin uh hovercraft's coma reveal are we going to have next? I don't even know if I'm spoiling, but it's just like like his that- name is Schwartz Bruder. It could mean anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, you're right. Oh, I was going to get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's on my short list of things to hit. But, but like, you know, but but straight up, like, doing the Racer X thing from Speed Racer, doing the, calling it the God Gundam and the Devil Gundam is extremely, like, a Mazinger get a robo thing to do. Calling, like, just the 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 master and the way that they fight and, like, the fact that, like, you know, and I'm we're definitely going to end up talking about their their shrink wrap sequence, but that is a like Sailor Moon uh you know uh-huh. magical show transformation not, sequence. Yeah, I was gonna say it's just a magical lingering show. butt shot. <laughs> yeah, like this show is actually pulling so many pieces from a, a lot of shows of an earlier generation, but this the show came out in like what, like ninety six? Ninety four. Ninety four, yeah. So it's just like it, it's it's an example of one of those shows that like 
like if a show today tried to do like a Mazinger kind of show, it would be like it's going to do all of the things from that show and be like clearly like, oh, this they're doing this because this is what that show did. They're doing this because this is what that show did. I feel like this show is doing all of those things, but they are, are doing it the right way. They are making it their own. They are. It stands alone if you don't know the source material. Um which is absolutely to his credit. Like it is, it is being one of those shows on its own very well, whether you so, know that it's pulling those pieces directly or not. To your point, two parts. This is the first Gundam series to not be universal century. Right. And this, and, and in doing so being its own thing, it is the ultimate equivalent of any song mashup of anime <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the time it was because you you've got a whole bunch of things we're going to touch on of like where it's drawing its references from and, and yet it's like okay i want to take all these toys throw them in the sandbox bury them in the sandbox and draw it out and it's actually something different to its own credit it is definitely a product of its time and this is one of those shows though i want i absolutely want to be updated visually and then maybe have some of the dialogue updated and kind of buffed, buffed and smoothed. But ultimately I still want to see this again, if only to reintroduce it to another generation. I see. That's the thing. I don't know if it would play like the, the, the fact that somebody from the era of the shows that it's aping on, like, like it's, it's a, it's a product of his time, but like, I don't. I don't know. I, I actually think, think it's still play. I think it's really good. I think like it. I, I think the thing is like I think if you did it like like it was done, it would play. But I don't think you could do it. I think I think right now the way people make stuff is just like oh no, like because like they did the remake Sorry, of Sailor Moon. They did Sailor Moon Crystal and like Oof. it was garbage. Like you would end up with something like that. Like that. I don't think anyone is able to do that right now. Like we'll I, see how I, this trigun goes. Yeah, but 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 like, I think part of why this played so well is because there was like old school people working on it, making a new show. But like, I don't think you could redo this now because I don't think you know how many of those people are going to actually be left. Like, it would be people working on like you know shows from the '90s trying to make a show from the '80s, and at that point, just like nobody has the original touchstones anymore. You know? Yeah. At this point, it would be people who grew up with this sort of show. It would, trying to create it, but not getting that it was pulling from earlier. Yeah, it would be people who are making references because they saw them on The Simpsons, not because they saw the same source material that The Simpsons saw. You know, I, I almost, I, I normally I would be the first one to agree with you, but I almost wonder because these are like. Again, touching on a Sailor Moon reference, for example, Sailor Moon is rather timeless in its recognition. Mm -hmm. And that I, I would say there are certain aspects of it that would still be playable today and maybe playable enough that other that the audience might say, okay, I see where this is drawing from, but where's the where's these other things that are clearly something, but I'm not getting it immediately. And that might cause them to go out and look into older anime, because I'll also admit my goal is to make people well not make people, but to try and help older anime that may be forgotten in the current seasonal model, which isn't, isn't probably one of the worst things that's ever happened. 
because those older great touchstones have been forgotten or may not be may go underappreciated. And I'm not saying everyone has to like the same things I like, but I think a lot of people would say, ah, here's this thing, and we understand what it was. Uh, what can I say? I'm a history nerd. I like I like studying the past. And that's where a lot of good things that have built what we have now are, and I think that appreciation would help. So maybe, I, I concede you're probably right, but I would love to see it maybe attempted so i would maybe do like a g gundam sequel series is what i would do well at the end of the series they do promote the 14th gundam fight <laughs> yeah right like but but do like the 26th gundam fight because then no matter what happens there it's like you're not tr you're not failing to repeat by trying to do a remake but it's just like hey we're doing this thing the old the original one it might still be better and is clearer and then from the original one, you leap back to all of the things that, that it was pulling from. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that might be the way to go about it. Uh, hey, you want to start? Let's start talking about these episodes. Yeah, let's start talking about yeah, I was just about to say, instead yeah. of talking about potential future now, sequels, now that let's, we start with, nostalgic. Uh -huh. <laughs> let's start with what we watched. <laughs> Absolutely. Please, Joe, take it away. All right, so the first episode we watched was appropriately episode one. Gundam Fight Begins, the Gundam that fell to Earth. The Gundam fight is about to begin, and Domon Kashu and his childhood friend and support crew Rain Mikamura arrive on Earth after the Shining Gundam has unexpectedly veered off course and crashes in Rome. As he proceeds to show people a photo of a man and to ask if they have seen him, he runs into trouble involving the men of the local mafia boss and Gundam fighter for Neo Italy, Mikolo Chariot, and three children. After Mikolo kidnaps one of the children to provoke Domon into fighting him, Damon saves her and rises to the challenge. In the ensuing bout, Mikolo and his Nero Scundum are defeated and disqualified from the tournament. So I got, I got to, I've got to do the thing. I've got, I've got to ask the question that probably should wait to the end. Is this a banger or is this a bot? I, until uh, you guys mentioned that this was made in 94, I genuinely did think this was a show made in the 80s because that's what the music evoked to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yes, each intro, there was some variations later on. But I'm just going based off of the episode one. And I can't say that I enjoyed it. It, it was pure 80s, but not anything that made me out of my head in a musical fashion. This... This this might be like a specific subset of belters. I, I don't think this is a banger or a bop. I think this might be a belter because when you get to that point of shining finger, like a lot of eighty songs were belt were belters. Did you watch it and dubbed? Uh, I, yes, when it was available. It's not available currently on streaming. Yeah. I I watched it subtitled, so I don't remember the Shining Finger part. Everything was in Japanese until the end. <laughs> no, the Shining Finger is said in English. It's in the singer. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it, it's okay, Bob. It's ignorant really, American it's okay. here. Ignorant American. <laughs> here's so here's what I put for mine because this this that was the very first note I made on all of this and like. I feel like this, regardless if it's a banger or a bob, I feel like you listen to this at the gym or going for a run, doing something. Yeah. Doing something I, I can see that. And, like, this is not something you just listen to, you know, in the car, uh, unless you're, like, 
I don't know, maybe Formula One racing? I don't know. But this is definitely more high energy than anything else I think we've had. Yeah. And I don't feel like it fits into any of the st- categories we've run into thus far. Okay. So I felt like this that needed to kind of be in there because we're go- we also have the second intro, which I think is utterly garbage, frankly. Mm-hmm. It just, it's, that's one of those, like, is this a banger or a bop? It's, it's a drop. I don't want it. Get it away. <laughs> but yeah, we also get to introduce Bob for the first time to the fact that some anime changed their uh, intro halfway through a season. Yeah. Um, How'd you feel about that, Bob? Um, That didn't bug me because the DBZ actually did do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. It did. I forgot DBZ did that. You've seen that. Damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't mind when shows do that, especially when it's, like, uh, incorporating, like, the current events of where they are in the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bob, uh, t- uh, you know, uh, so everyone at home knows, like, your voice is still kind of rough from, from being sick. Uh, Sorry about that. No, that, that that's fine, but um, rather than do the full walkthrough, you want to just give us some of your, like, big highlights from this first episode? This first episode, uh, the chief... Made me think of Abraham Lincoln every time I saw him. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, first time we are introduced to a full mech, the pilot is the villain of this particular episode, mm-hmm. uh, who comes back eventually. And I'm impressed with his listening abilities as he could hear those people talk about him from behind a wall. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, when he reveals a little girl, it's by flipping them off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you picked up on that. That was in my notes. He starts to explain the rules of Gundam when he is fighting him, and from looking and reviewing, there's more than just two, but he explains the two in this episode, where you lose if your head explodes, and, you know, just like a demolition derby, you don't aim for the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you am that hillbilly. <laughs> uh, overall, I thought it was an okay introduction episode. I was impressed with Bubblegum coming out of a compact to save people from bullets. <laughs> Where do you think Destiny helpful. 2 got the Titan bubble from? <laughs> I mean, that's rather <clears throat> that's rather clever. And uh, trying to think through here. Going through my notes. Very few notes because this was just a... This is your typical first episode setting up the introduction of your main protagonist if he has any allies which with anime I've come to realize you meet friends along the way it's not all in the first episode mm-hmm. and it's okay not fantastic it didn't blow me out of the park mm-hmm. uh, the transformation scene of staring at this guy's butt while they spray paint black on him was a little odd uh-huh. no no that's okay. latex bob yeah, let's talk about this magical girl transformation. That's where, um, I guess I didn't see that coming. I thought that you just, from all the preview art, you just stood there and you moved. No, you have to get naked. You don't necessarily have to get naked. It's just, uh, presumably you go in there and your clothes are just latex hard strapped to, like, near complete body conformity. <laughs> oh, I'm but, picturing yeah. just clothes hangers on the side. I mean, however, in one episode, someone busts out of their outer clothes wearing their yeah yeah inside, 
which leads to other questions that I don't want to think about. Bob, uh, <laughs> let's just put this way. The science no, not is very soft. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it makes sense to me if you're doing, like, a full-body neural linking thing, like, to have to have to have it be that skin tight to, mm-hmm. like, catch all the motor controls or whatever. And, and also the question. other... There's the element that I don't think is directly explained in the episodes we watched, but uh, there is, like, pain feedback that the the pilots receive. Um, Like, pain and also, like, you know, I guess if they're climbing upstairs, like, the suit is how there's giving feedback of, like, oh, your foot landed this higher up because of stair. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of questions about... um the the internal of how you know piloting a Gundam works and all of these series but this one especially is just like man there's a lot of like feedback required for the concepts of of like your the human body will mimic the Gundam body like directly yeah I feel like one of the other early episodes mentioned something about the force feedback I mean they they visually they definitely visually like represented Mm -hmm. it but I'm with you, Joe and Nick. That's kind of one of the things I wrote my notes. Like, I really appreciate, like, this is a weird detail at first glance, but when you really let your mind sink into it, or let it sink into your mind, because, you know, words in order make sense. Uh, it, I agree. It makes perfect sense if you're supposed to be communicating and get one-for-one reaction and motion. Regarding the force feedback, I my only question is, accounting for like having to climb or step over something is there like some kind of like hollow projector or force field projector that just kind of allows you to account for that it, are there like moving pistons in there that like push up no it's your not platform? like pacific rim like it's yeah, just I mean, they show probably, the computer screens yeah like you, you, I, you I would guess you get the feeling on your foot or whatever and then it compensates for well, my thought is, like, if I feel something on my foot as I'm pushing down, but I don't see it, I think my foot's going to keep trying to go. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm more or less saying, like, at what point, I, I'm just... I imagine the there's special training never, involved in, like... Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's what I said. Like, the, the hand wavy of, of it is fine. It's just, my mind did linger on the, like, I wonder what kind of training in science went into this. Because it's an interesting thought, uh, by all means, and that's kind of why my mind derailed, like, ha... Ah, True VR. My question has always been, if the robot falls on its back, we then cut to inside the cockpit where the Mm -hmm. fighter is laying on their back on the floor. But if the Gundam is on its back, then now the back wall of the cockpit is what's going down towards gravity. So Uh what's going on? Or does is the inside cockpit bubble... Oh, does it rotate? Yeah, it's, a, it's a gyroscope. Yeah, like it, it works like a, a, a Ferris wheel bucket in that like it swivels well, and down is always down when you're inside. So I'm going to ruin that idea for you that it's a gyroscope because here's the thing. They have in this series what's called Corelanders. Corelanders exist in other Gundam properties. But the reason I bring them up here is they also serve as cars. And when you typically see Corelanders appear, they incorporate into the machine. In this case, the car, I say car, vehicle will flip up, usually becomes the Gundam's back uh, backpack unit, and the cockpit enters where whatever that sphere is. So where's the seat? How is that a gyroscope? Uh-huh. What is the science here? 
Uh, the science is it's an anime set in some sort of sci-fi future, and just go with yeah, like, and wave yeah. him. I mean, yes, but it's just kind of like, huh? Some of these mechanics, when you again, you let your mind linger, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh huh. Wait. Oh yeah, no, I, I love doing that. Just kind of going on thought exercises. Like, and think about it too. If you're the like lazy Gundam pilot who's Corlander when you're driving around, just full of like I don't know, takeout bags and <laughs> bottles of Mountain Dew, does that just flood into the central cockpit? As well? Oh my god. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. Like, like the actual answer to all these questions is, uh, it's just to show you yeah. to really just relax. No, um, <laughs> like there is a thing in in Mecca that like. And I, I think this was bigger in the 80s and super robots and stuff. But, like, the way that mechs work is that they are shaped like people because it is taking, like, the human drama and magnifying it to incredible scales. And this show is doing that in the most direct way possible. Because, like, we, we see this in so many shots where, like, they basically interchangeably show the pilot's face and the robot's face and the bodies. And it's just like, if the robots are holding each other, they will just show the pilots holding each other. Like it is really to say like, when you are in the robot, it is all of the human drama happening, but it's just magnified for the sake of, of over the topness. And that's really what it is. Like, we're just going to, is it is to give us a better excuses to just cut between like, like, so that way when we can show the pilots and not just have them sitting in a chair the whole time, they are as like, active and can be shown just as much as the robots themselves and it's it's really it's a really cool thematic thing to do that like so many shows from you know mecha shows from the 80s would like kind of do but did have the thing of just like uh, but they're always just you know pushing the lever harder but this show is just like no we're gonna when the robots hit each other we're gonna show the people showing each other because that is the thematic parallel that that has always been a part of this oh absolutely And also, you get to yeah, look at Domo's butt. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I was going to ask, how many years of... did the show Oh, yeah. Start? Uh, after, after years of the the male gaze with watching Sailor Moon and other magical girls, you know, I think this is a fair trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rain and Al, uh, later Alan B, when we meet her in the finals also get their sequences and you know the balance is once again disrupted restored depends on how you look at it but you know it it, it happens again as is tradition it's it's actually kind of wild because like the way that rain like the function she fills in this first episode is absolutely the role that the girl sister whatever plays in a get a robo in a massacre like she is mm-hmm. the support character she has those giant princess peach orb earrings she has the contact <laughs> and the technology and the girls get girl robots when it happens like i forgot that there are two different girl robots in this show okay as as the resident G Gundam fan here, I'm blanking on the other girl robot. Rising Gundam. Um, is it really a girl? Because it looks like just a standard Gundam. It just happens to be the one Rain gets into to have Mecha cat fight. I think it is like skinnier than than a lot of them, so it is slightly girl coded. I don't remember specifically, oh, but like it is it is a special one for the girl. Yeah, it was the previous year's Gundam, which I'm like, okay, cool, you keep them around. Hold on, totally. I mean, don't you spend that much time Gundams. making them. Gotta yeah. keep them around. Mm, as right. as possible. Where is it, Neo Japan? Because I don't have the 
G Gundam wiki page of all of the Gundams in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I that would be silly. Oh, also, no, Bob, just for reference, the uh, Devil Gundam wasn't always the Devil Gundam in the series. It was originally supposed to be the Ultimate Gundam. Spoiler. Yeah. I won't tell you why. All right. Any other comments on episode one specifically? I love the commentary on Earth and how very true to life and very real of, hey, what do you know? The uh, the rich and essentially the 1% totally don't care about the Earth and are just trashing it for their amusement or whatever. You know, whatever wording they want to use, we, we know what the message is. We need to be kinder and take care of the, the only home we truly have. But yeah, this episode like so 39 really hits well. that. Hmm? I feel like episode 39 hits that very well. That's the other reason that was included in here. Because the other trade-off is the series kind of forgets about that for a while. Well, yeah, it's all personal drama. It's, uh, like, when they when they actually get to Neo-Japan at one point, it, it, that kind of picks up again a little bit. But then we get, you know, Matt, you know, forward tracking a, a character's motivation and we see, ah, oh, that's why you're doing this. And like, this is the, I love good sympathetic villains. And for as campy and cheesy as this can get, Master Asia is a great character. Yeah. And I, I, he is the character. This is one of the few times I'm saying he is the Magneto of the show. You're mm-hmm. doing the right thing the wrong way per se. But I, I really support you for doing that. It it makes them complex enough that they can really play with the like, is it a heel turn or do you see where he's coming from? And like, yeah, it, it lets that relationship between Domon and Master Asia just like carry so much of the show. Hmm. Um. See, I just wanted to talk about um. Uh. Well, what's his face? The Rome, the Italy fighter. Uh, oh, Michelob? Uh, Michelob Chariot. Yeah. Not Michelob. There's no B at the end. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Michelob because that's he's what I thought it was as a child. Like, he's a beer. <laughs> no. It's Miller time. Uh, his, his name is Michael. Michelob. I'm so angry. <laughs> Michelle's gang is, like, the most Fist of the North Star wasteland wandering mm-hmm. looking bike gang outside of Fist of the North Star. And again, 80s show, like, 70s show, even, probably. Like, the, I I imagine that has to be on purpose, but, like, I forgot this was a Gundam show for most of the first episode, because I'm just like, oh, yeah, it fits the North Star. Right, 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 right. Wait, that's wrong. That's not what I, we were supposed to be expecting. Um, it, it, But, like, yeah, that, that was another one that, that really just hit me. Um, of just like, oh, you were just doing that. Okay. Like, more than anything else, that biker gang just did that for me. I may have renamed some of these episodes on my own as we were watching them, and I just renamed it Shining Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the um the the way that like this episode, so the the moment with the um, you know, you you were saying part of it is the uh, you know, we have to take care of the Earth as our one true home. But like the the police chief or whatever his role is, mm-hmm. um, like he very much 
has the moment where like he's just going out with a gun like no i'm we got to take care of our own because these guys don't care about us like wh- whether you want to talk about it as like a environmental sort of uh take or if you want to look at it as a the humans or the earthlings are the civilian casualties in the space mm-hmm. quote-unquote war like i i think all of that kind of gets wrapped up because that is what they're bringing from like usual uh gundam shows that, that the show really captures um but it's not really a war it's their way of voting they just don't really get a vote <laughs> yeah but the seriously it's... guys like take it up to do, do the fights in space there's room yeah there's a lot less people wandering around <laughs> around in open space like and uh, honest, honestly like... oh, go. sorry go ahead no that's you um, I was gonna say, like, like going back to the idea of doing a G Gundam sequel. Like, honestly, I feel like what you would end up doing is the people who are sick of resolving everything with Gundam fights, so they start a real war, and it's just like, okay, here's our rebellion army versus the United Gundam Fighters Front, who are basically representing space UN forces. Oh, Earth makes its own Gundam. Oh, the I mean, Earth Gundam that kills all the other the Gundam kill Killer. I'm okay with that because I would that would still make an interesting show. Maybe we don't need to like I said, maybe it doesn't need to be a one to one remake. Maybe we can just have a new interpretation of it, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Keep keep, keep all the names, just kind of maybe roll the dice with the plot a little bit. But yeah, it's there's a lot to work with here and I feel the the human collateral of it definitely is carried on in several portions, but it, I feel like this Gundam series really kind of does it better than a lot of others because, you know, in Universal Century, Char, Char's rebellion isn't really that altruistic. It's initially some people killed my parents and I just kind of went off the rails. Yeah, it, and... it's, it's the regular Gundams usually do this a lot more nuanced and they play like <sighs> like they do the thing like we have these big like forces these sides that we're trying to play like sympathetic villains to the grouping of them this show is it can present it a lot clearer because it's just like yeah everybody in space is kind of a jerk and the earthlings are the ones sort of getting the short end of the stick well i mean you can also again we say everyone in space is like let's be honest they make it very clear who's in space not the pores yeah yeah and what is what was that recent uh, Ben Affleck flick that I'm told uh, Elysium wasn't it? Mm, yeah. That kind of made me think of that. Mm. And I'm like, you know, this is it. The, all the riches are up in space, sending all their crap down here for the rest of us to deal with. How true to life! And yeah. I appreciated that. Kind of like you're talking about we, when we're when when you're dealing with a group of people that are so downtrodden and put upon by so few. Also, do you mean Matt Damon? Because that was a message. Yes, thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Listen, they're interchangeable. Yeah, basically. That's the second time the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck confusion topic has come up in like the past three hours for me. What is going on? Hooray. Wow. Sounds like the circle is now complete. I uh, let, let me tell you, you put two uh, red solo cups over them, sur- switch them around in movies. You're never going to know the difference. It's true. That said, <laughs> send all your hate. To, I'll, I'll give you an email at the end of the show. I promise. Um, at, at POTUS mm-hmm. on Twitter. Send all your hate mail there. <laughs> um, but I, I love kind of like you were saying the, the cop. 
this is probably one of the few cops in anime I can support because he's like, no, no, I see the problem. The problem is these pilots, these people who don't care. I'm going to sniper solo shot this guy. They show it pretty, like, blatantly with the town being almost completely rubble and destroyed and all these, you know, it's Rome. So it's all these, like, really notable monuments and stuff are just completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. And then... The mansion that Mikolo lives in is like this pristine rich person house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the three children who all say, "Yeah, our parents were killed in the last Gundam fight," which I think they said they're every four years. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it? Uh, it's, this is the thirteenth one, and they've been living under the mm-hmm. system for sixty years. Yeah. And it's just like, woof! And, and you know, this is just what we're seeing now is an escalation of everything that's come before in the sense of no one's coming back to fix these things. Everyone's leaving the sandbox wrecked. I mean, that's kind of the, the whole thing about like the Olympics and Olympic villages. You should say that. Yeah. Because I love that Olympic allegory of it's the Olympics with giant, giant robots. I'm like, this is actually the only way the Olympics should ever be is with giant robots. (laughs) Oh my God. I want to see the, like, the video game, the motion-based video game that is, like, just an Olympics game, but with Gundams. It'll be like Sonic... Like Wii Sports, but with... Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the the Sonic and Mario at the, the whatever Winter Olympics, but it's uh, Gundam and Mazinger at... Oh, that'd be pretty good. Big O at these javelin throw. Right. And uh, sort of like last thing before we go on, uh, we're introduced to Domon. How do we feel about Domon as, like, a main character in his introduction? Because I thought it was kind of interesting that, like, he gets painted as, like... Because, like, we had Vash, and we get that Vash was sort of the, like, secret savant kind of thing. We have... Uh, we had uh, Yusuke, who was, like, like just sort of, like, a garbage kid, but he has this, like, kind of pure heart and kind of lucks into stuff. Here we have Domon, who is, like just kind of a savant like our it's weird to have a show he's, that introduces our main character who's just like he's he's just cool like this is just a cool guy like he's a cool guy but he's also a dick that's part of being a say. cool guy yeah i mean for various definitions of cool oh i'm talking um, like cool as in the trope the japanese yeah. anime trope with the cool character and to to that point yes it's just I remember thinking, oh, man, he's really cool when I was younger and, you know, sophomore year high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one of those, like, I look back, I look at him now, like, Rain needs to, like, hit him once or twice. Yeah. Just cold slap him. And that's one of the reasons I also want a re-adaptation of this. Rain Rain got done dirty because the show showrunner did, was actually not her biggest fan. Sure. And I'm like, man, it shows, but it's like, I, I would like to see it redone because I, Rain gets walked over. And I mean, as is tradition for some of these kinds of shows. Yeah, like there's something mm-hmm. unfortunately about that. Yeah. And like, I, I, like I, said, I remember this through some rose-colored glasses. And this is one of the, probably one of the only elements that really kind of destroyed those for me in a sense. Because I just, I saw that and I'm like, man. Domon sucks. I remember mm-hmm. why I liked Bolt Gundam more. <laughs> the Russian Gundam. Not just because it had a flail. Yeah. A flail that came out of its shoulder. But it, it, it's just like, man, it, Domon's a 
prick. Even even at one point, uh, you know, uh, you know, Russia's pilot uh, Argo, he's just like, "Hey, that that wasn't cool, dude. Chill." And it's like, "And I'm a space pirate." <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, you're being a real dick to this person who's literally stood by you through thick and thin. Not cool, dude." Yeah. She like, and we find out later on when they have that conversation. But she's just very happy this episode, and he's very—I don't know—he's very direct. He well, has he has a, has a point like, C he wants got, to go for. He's got shit he's he wants to deal with, and that's what he's focused on. And he, he has really to like, find Kyoji. Yeah. It's like, I'm a fucking Gundam pilot. I have personal shit I'm working on. It's like, I, I don't have time for your shit. How old is Domon canonically? I think... I, well, since I saw oh, I looked the, the wiki up, give me a second. I'll go back to his Gundam and I'll do this the backwards way. I'm but gonna... I think he was in his 20s. Yeah, like, I'm going to say like 22. We My guess is between know... 1 and 100. Uh-huh. The only number I have is that he spent 10 years training under Master Asia, so... And I think that's why I think he's one of like the older like Gundam protagonists. Yeah, that could also make sense too. Actually, I, I'm not. But like, don't quote me on that one. Just, just because, like, honestly, the like, yeah, the, age twenty. Wow. Okay. Um, the the main character of a Gundam show being somebody who is sort of a combat savant and uh, sort of like social emotional just pure inept doofus is like that is very much like Amuro from the original Gundam but like True. in in the original Gundam they they were doing it more because it's just like these are children who were like uh basically like or only on this military ship because otherwise they would have been collateral damage and like now they are serving on the ship because Otherwise, they would be collateral damage, and it's, like, really out of a survival thing, and people don't want to be there, and they are literal children, so of course they're bad at, like, relationships, and they're busy dealing with their own shit instead of, you know, being good people. So, like, it makes a lot of sense, but it's just kind of funny that, like, yeah, like, Domon is kind of, like, one of the oldest, like, Gundam pilots, because was it a very similar thing in, um... There's a lot of Gundam series where the the protagonists are sort of like autism coded. Like people said that about Amro. If you look at um, Iron Blooded Orphans, there's definitely that going <clears throat> on. Uh, I think there's still talk about the the current series, uh, which from Mercury, uh, which from yeah Mercury. Um, like yeah. she definitely has some sort of coding going on there about. You know, whether you want to say it's just, like, somebody who is bad at being social or, you know, something that, like, now we would call autism coded. Like, whatever you look at it, especially back in the day, like, it's it's kind of funny seeing it in Domo. Because, like, here is somebody who is following that trope, but it is less excusable because he is a 20-year-old. He's more adult than a lot of the other uh, Gundam protags that we would get. So it's like, oh, he's figuring himself out. It's like, no, he's just a dick. Domo's just a dick now. Arguably, though, I would say, in Domon's defense, a phrase I didn't think I'd say, <laughs> um, you know, he's probably the most put-upon one in the sense of Gundam has essentially at its core been also the plight of child soldiers. Right. Domon is not a child, so his put upon this is different. It's 
he is on that wuxi because this absolutely pulls from the wuxi kind of film category yeah. of he's he's a, the fighter the pseudo monk in this case uh, on a mission to get revenge for what was his mother's death his father cryo frozen prison and uh, at the hands of his brother according to the military don't worry about it bob um and he, so it's kind of understandable he's under the gun and a little on it well more than a little on edge but at the same time it's like this is the again my defense poor rain we're gonna put her over here and protect her mm-hmm. she it's like you don't treat your only friend the only friend you've got literally in the world like that yeah so it's like for being being cool guy <clears throat> it's not so cool but yeah i think the kind, I, the kind of cool guy who walks the street wearing a cape and a headband and a bomber jacket like come on guy what are, what is your yeah. he, even in the future fist of the north star is very popular true um th- i will say too, i don't oh, read him as an asshole at all I, I don't <laughs> say i necessarily read him as an asshole but he definitely has misguided or misdirected anger oh yeah no that's the thing he has anger issues and, and in, i guess that's why i say it's not cool I'll, we can talk about it when we get to that episode yeah and i, I will say my, my final thoughts on this was in my notes. Ah, apparently being a Gundam fighter means you can kick laser beams <laughs> in outside of the Gundam. Sure, why not? Also, also how do you work. pilot these things without being in them? We'll get to that. Without your suit? Yeah, um, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> Super Robo. But it is what it is. I, I forget if this is something I'm carrying over from like older shows or if they said it somewhere in these episodes, but like some of the super attacks are voice activated so there is like a a non-physical control methods for these robots i don't think they say it in this but it's one of those like i'm sure that's what they're aping yeah yeah i i just i got a kick out of it it's one of those things like i didn't think of it when i watched it years ago and now i'm looking like wait a minute Mm -hmm. episode 23 Destined battle, Domon versus Devil Gundam. Domon stays behind to fight Master Asia and the Devil Gundam. The scientists in Neo Japan debate about sending the God Gundam down to aid him, as it was supposed to be reserved for the finals. Master Asia relentlessly attempts to get Domon to engage Super Mode by inciting his rage. Schwartz Bruder tries to calm down <laughs> Domon down. Eventually, mm-hmm. eventually leaving the battle, thinking that by fighting alone, Domon will regain a level head. His gambit fails, and Domon's anger wins out. And he goes on rampage, making him an easy target for Master Asia. Schwartz returns to join the fight, but Master Asia destroys Schwartz's cockpit and seriously injures him. This brings Domon's focus back, and Schwartz reminds him of their previous training to calm his mind. Domon is able to calm his mind enough to achieve the true super mode and defeats Master Asia with the God Gundam. Schwartz Breeder. Yeah, so I don't know if you are familiar with German, but uh, Schwartz Breeder literally means black brother. No, I was going to say make Bob guess. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I would not have had that as a guess. This is a, like, Darth Vader situation. Um... Mm-hmm. Well, I know that guy laughed a lot. <laughs> yeah, Kyoji may or may not be completely out of the building, despite being physically present. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you uh, look at him and God, folks love standing on top of their robots. That is such a super robot show thing to be doing. It is I so mean, weird in a gun show. In their shoes. They're it just... is the original T pose for dominance. <laughs> At one point, he shakes on that thing, but nope, he's he's good. He regained his footing. Well, you put magnets in the boots, Bob. I have something to say, so I'm just going to stand up here and yell at you. Yeah. Well, clearly, the the same way this thing can be operated without the pilot actually inside it, clearly there are speakers somewhere, broadcast speakers built into various parts of the machine. Clearly, that was an engineering choice. Mm -hmm. With the Super Gundam ears for the other person listening. (laughs) Yeah, Master Gundam does have a couple flaws in its design at IMO, but I still love it. God. I love that its little vernier wings become a cloak. It can just kind of hover around in. It's like, ah, yes. All Darth Vader style, and it makes me so happy. Speaking of Darth Vader, my impressions of this fight was basically of uh, the Emperor urging Anakin to get angry and come to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, hold on. Are you telling me George Lucas ripped off <laughs> G-Gunned? Oh. No, I'm saying it's like a common theme, but it definitely gave, like was very evocative of that cultural touchstone for me. I like my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're well, right. You're right. All I was thinking the whole time is, do it. Something, something dark side. And I was like, yes, do it. Do, it. do, it. do the whole dark side. But it's, again, later, later when we really understand what Master Asia's plan for Domon and the Devil Gundam were, uh, do we really understand why why he was really pushing this? And it, it, it compl- again, once we get that, which is past what we watched for this uh, this particular episode, it, it, it really recontextualizes a lot of what Master Asia was doing. Mm-hmm. Other than saying, get angry, get angry. Mm-hmm. That was like... The easiest yeah. script for him to memorize. I, for some reason, I, I looked so hard and I couldn't find it. Uh, just a clip of that in the English dub, and it worked so much better in my opinion. If I'm remembering it correctly, because the human memory is an amazingly inaccurate thing. Uh-huh. But for some reason, it stands out in my mind. I remember it being not just in the English dub, him saying "get angry" and all the screens popping up, but almost kind of like stereo. Uh, stereoing all on top of each other, so you have them all kind of slightly out of sync saying it. Yeah. So it would actually have that kind of impact. Now, I said, again, my mind could be betraying me in its accuracy on this, but even if it didn't, another good reason to do a remake of it. <laughs> because that, that kind of psychological warfare would be great. Um, and I know, Bob, you don't, you, you missed how we got the, the band of, the, the top five countries of Japan, America, China, France, and Russia, if I remember correctly, in that order. I believe that's um, right. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Because that's, uh, well, those are the main people in the next episode mm-hmm. we watch. And then also their best friend, Germany. <laughs> I can't imagine why Germany would be such a good friends with Japan. It's just so weird. Um, it's, and that the German pilot is really just a badass ninja? Hmm. Um, Wearing a clown outfit. He was very Power Rangers. Yes, it was, and I loved it. I love how it's just like, wow, this is completely different than any other Gundam. 
do it again. Everyone else has black latex coming down. He's like, oh, what colors do I want today? Mm, this one, this one, this one. Should be good. Like, I'm wearing the flag. It's like, take that, America. I'm more patriotic than you are. Like, well, it, it, in, um, in, I think it's the next episode when we see, like, everybody gathering and we're getting this very, like, uh... Oh, well, to be fair, China is very yellow, which, now that I think about it at this particular point, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There there were some choices I, regarding that. There's some choices between that and some words Chibity God uh-huh. uses. We'll get to that later, though. Yes. But um every everyone does have their latex in what again really feels like very like um uh Olympics styled like oh yeah no these are our our Olympics uniforms. These are my away game colors. Yeah yeah yeah. And like are are a lot of them very black heavy? Yeah, but you got like uh Neo France. It's a very like blue and white, I think. Oh yeah, that is true. I really hated Neo France. <laughs> You don't like the Rose Gundam? No, I meant their uniform, but yeah, kind of, because that is a bulky, <laughs> bulky accessory to have on one side of your machine. Yeah. And, and, and those legs and the hat. Them legs. Mm-mm. We're not on that episode yet. <laughs> yes, we're, still, we're still talking about the one where you can't convince me that that was not Goku for a bit. Yeah. It's so funny you should mention that, Bob, because for years since I first saw G Gundam, I said, ah, this is their Super Saiyan arc, and I was uh-huh. adamant about that until we watched it again, and I was looking for my trivia. Would you believe, despite this being, this series kind of being a response to a lot of the shonen anime like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, this was not a, actually a reflection on Dragon Ball's Super Saiyan? I'm sure it's just an example of it, a something powering up or getting stronger. It's yeah. No, it's a reference to another specific anime. A completely different series. I, I'm, I'm sure Joe and Nick know. I mean, it could be many. Which which one is it? It could be anything. Saint yeah. Seiya. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Say what? It, it's a it's an anime on Netflix, Bob. Feel free to watch. That might be on your next list. You don't know. Oh, um, yeah. Say, uh... It, and man, I had Shonen Jump when Saint Seiya started coming out in Shonen Jump. Lucky, that just means. Uh, but old. yeah, yeah, it was, it was a Saint Sorry, Seiya thing. No, you're fine. It's like even for the fact it's called the Super Mode. Like ah, Super Saiyan Mode. God, like no, no one's hair gets longer except Noble Gundam. That's later. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And no one's hair, but and like all the little, the fins on the side of his head pop up and stick out. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, Super Saiyan. But it was Saint Saiyan. Like, you know, I have seen very actually little of Saint Saiyan. But like, what I have seen, like, you know, you're right. And I never made that connection. As you said, what, this came out in 2002. So in 21 years, that never dawned on me. Mm. Wasn't Saint Seiya also on Toonami at some point? It, it was, and it never caught. I never caught it for whatever reason at the time it was on. Same, huh? But yeah, I'm like that. That makes sense because when you, especially when you look at the shoulder pads and like the the Shining Gundam's helmet mm-hmm. model had mold. It like I can see it now because it has those kind of boxy but angular shoulders, like and the armor. Like, no, this this makes sense. Like, oh, all those years of just calling this uh, Gundam Ball Z have just gone out the window. 
I mean, yeah, it's it's another one of those cases of like every, everything kind of um not like parallel genesis, but it's just like, yeah, no, everything that you know it from, you're seeing the thing that was referencing something else from earlier. And it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, it just, it all goes back. It all goes back to Beowulf or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's Olympics, so it has to go back to Rome and Greece. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's literally later uh, Hercules or Heracles Gundam. Mm-hmm. No, Zeus Gundam. No. I'm sorry. I was looking at the list of Gundams for Neo-Greece. Yeah, so I think this is the episode. Like, so you you picked out the ones for for this one, um, mm-hmm. and I gotta tell you, it was killing me to watch the show this way. Um, uh huh. But, but because like when I when I said this show does the soap opera thing, I do mean that as like a a I, I don't mean that as um as a way to put it. You down. mean as a compliment. Yeah, it, it does it well. I get you. I don't know if I mean that as a compliment either, but it but it is a thing okay. where like it, it is the show is structured so that like it goes on for a long time and maybe not a lot happens because the thing is like before this point, at least in in my memory, the show is almost like a fight of the week kind of show. Like it feels more like a a sort of <laughs> Dragon Ball Yu Yu like a more straight on like shonen anime, which is like all right, who's the fighter of this week? Especially you know the first dozen episodes where they're building the team you're meeting somebody new every week um but while you're doing all that you're also getting this little drip feed of like oh we beat master asia oh we learned this about the past oh we learned this about the you know what's going on with the the super saiyan system in the gundams and it's just like it is the the way that these shows work is you get drip fed a lot of small facts and a lot of things that feel like it's not moving fast at all but it's all of that stuff that makes these big episodes land um, that makes like the because like w- watching it this way, like we completely skipped over the fact that like Master Asia is introduced as like, like, hey, it's my old buddy it's my old mentor. Hey, what's going uh-huh. on? And then he has a turn and it's just like w- without all of that stuff, like I can see why you would why you you would pick an episode like this because like there's stuff going on we see you know we do get stuff about his brother and the other stuff going on but like without all of that build up in the middle like this like you you get none of the fun of the like the the collision yeah the collision of all of those elements because it's just like all right we it, it makes this episode feel like a lot of noise rather than a culmination of a lot of like uh, threads of drama and information, you know? Yeah, like, but, uh, Nick, it was. I learned this from you. <laughs> I never You're... show any finale episodes. I, 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 and technically, I haven't shown any yet either. Because yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to do final about this, as you'll learn in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Joe, but I, I want to address and explain it because mm-hmm. this was painful for me to actually kind of machete some episodes out because of the exact reasons you're mentioning. Right. Because my, my short list was one of a couple episodes from when we first meet master Asia, this, and then I really wanted to show 39, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. And I felt like going forward. One of the reasons I chose the episode that we're going to talk about immediately after this one is because, like, okay, this kind of gives us a recap. Yeah. 
and I know it's kind of out of order for that reason, even though it's uh, chronolo- chronologically in order. But it's one of those like this is the, the, my mea culpa, yeah, as it were. But I wanted to show this because it's like okay, we. I know one thing Bob said. Say, I hate sudden power ups. This wasn't, and it's implied here, but for the build up of the series, and I realized I was running the risk with this episode. Is it's not a sudden power up because they're addressing it. It's been something they've known can happen. They state they know can happen, does happen, but trying to control it. This is the first instance where they're able to demonstrate the the possibility of control for this character who is, you know, he's all anger all the time trying to achieve peace. Again, that whooshy kind of mentality Mm -hmm. for filmmaking. And, and and yes, it's the fight between master Asia. It's a culmination of things. So I, I I realized even choosing that episode was essentially, I knew what other episodes I wanted, but it's like, what do I put right here? And when I came down to it, I thought of what you said regarding Trigon. I'm like, how did I, let me stop and think, how did I really watch this when it was first on Toonami? Because my first watch through, I didn't get to see all the episodes in order. And I remember after seeing like the first five episodes where we meet all the major players that will be later. I missed a lot of those buildups. I missed meeting Master Asia and only finding out afterwards like, oh, he's a traitor. And the other four of the big five are now our enemy for some reason. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to throw that experience in there as well, because arguably the Neo Japan one may have made more sense, but I, I really also wanted to show, oh, I won't lie. I wanted to show the super because yeah. <laughs> super yeah. second kind of moments like, this is so cool. No, no. And, and I, I totally get it. Like that's the thing for being a show like this, it is, really hard to condense it, especially in a way that gives you like a broad sense of like what the show is like. Um, it It is kind of, well, again, because it is that drip feed, tiny changes, tiny reveals over a long time. It's like specific, like this is a show that if I had not like been there when the show debuted and was watching it in order, like I don't know if I could get into this show if I caught it mid season, right? Like, oh, I agree. Like, like th- this is the kind of show where, like, when you watch the whole thing, it's good. If you don't start at the beginning, it is nonsense. Um, but there, there's almost something weirder about like jumping around like this. Like, like if if we had watched like three or four episodes from right here, I feel like then you get the sort of, you know, Star Wars episode four thing where it's just like, it's like, hang on, what happened in the past? Okay, I want to go find out about that. The stuff currently going on, you see enough of it in a row that is like, all right, context clues. All right, all right, I'm kind of on board. And then it still leaves you with that idea of like, and they're going to do more after this? What is that going to be? Wait, there's there's these other loose ends. So it's like, it would almost be better to catch like a chunk midstream than than mm-hmm. just like watch watching all of these is just like in nostalgia mode, like yes, I absolutely know these are great. We're seeing a lot of the good bits, but like I, I don't I don't know. Like in, in terms of like trying to pitch, this feels like the roughest way to pitch it to me, even though it does show a pretty like wide cross section of the kind of things this show has. Like they they are I've, they are good episodes, but the best thing about these episodes is 
how long you build up to it and everything that leads up to them. It, it, it is it is telling the punchline without setting up the joke, you know? I And I, I kind of get that. Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason, again, I chose this. When it came down to choosing this episode specifically, I'm like, okay, I want I want to leave a, a couple like you're saying, a couple WTF moments. Like, what happens next? Wait, what came before? How did we get here? So I was kind of hoping to kind of plant that seed, as it were, if I were going to show this to anyone, such as Bob. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to plant. Hopefully, in a would take root of this. Like, okay, a lot just happened, and I have I'm not sure what entirely I saw. I know I saw something, and I kind of have a loose idea, but. Hopefully the follow-up would be, I want to learn more. Would you like to know more? And it, that's kind of what I ended up having to come through because believe me, macheteing out episodes for this was hard. There's a reason before choosing these episodes, I had to rewatch the whole series because I, I needed to, I kept hoping I'm like there, there is a point where some of this just stops for a minute. Right. And no, the is, no, no, there isn't. And that's why it made uh, about 50 episodes. I think it was 49, uh, come straight through fine it, it, because it kept, it just kept going. Yeah. And that's, it's, that it's a, it's helps a- it, but in this, it hurts it. It's a pro and a con because yeah. stuff is always happening. So it is a great show to follow along to. And, and there's always something going on. It also makes it impossible to jump into. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. There was a point before I finally said, these are the four episodes. I was about ready to say, can we do six? Mm-hmm. Because this is probably the only way it works. And I just said like, no, we're going to bite the bullet. This is probably not going to work out well, but here we go. Yeah. Uh, I I also had to choose an episode from this block where they're in the Guiana Highlands because any any good anime fan knows that this this is the birth of a thing that continues in other anime referencing training in the Guiana Highlands. Yeah? I, yeah, us I I can I know I've seen at least two others besides the one I'm about to mention. Uh-huh. <clears throat> The anime Steins Gate, which has no relevance to this podcast in later episodes, um, one of their characters who owns a maid cafe absolutely mentions she was training in the Guiana Highlands. And it's this weird kind of uh, IRL pseudo roleplay they have with each other because they're both kind of in well one's insane and the other one just plays off of it because she digs his energy okay but she absolutely does this and i'm like oh my god i know what that i mean i dug even after my first watch of steins game like is this what i think it's a reference and it absolutely was a reference to g gundam like and there have been at least two or three others i i know i've seen it but you gun to my head i couldn't put it couldn't put it to paper which ones they were but I've seen this reference made in post 2000 anime. Cool. And I'm like, it's, got, and I seem to recall even the Guiana Highlands reading something about it. And I struggled so hard, even when I realized we we're going to uh, record today. I'm like, can I find it? So I haven't been able to find it, but there was some factoid somewhere that told me, it's like, this is reference in a lot of anime because of G Gundam, essentially to paraphrase. I'm like, okay, cool, deep cut, and I love it. Yeah, that's fun. So that's that's the reason I love it, because any time I've heard that, I was like, I know what you're saying. 
It's like, you also watched the funny Gundam. It so that's why I also had to choose something from here. Mm. It was interesting watching this fight, like, because I also have not seen the series. Um, and, like, seeing the fight and my media literacy informing me of all the stuff that was, like, building up to it. It was like, oh, okay. So I can kind of intuit what was building up to it. With, but mm-hmm. I don't get the impact of it because I haven't emotionally followed the path. But it does mean that in the future, if I do watch it, like I'll be able to watch this episode again and then have that context for the emotional and, impact. And I think that's the best I could hope for under these kind of circumstances because that's that was kind of the the coin I was dealing with. But because like this is relevant, I don't understand how relevant. Maybe I watch it all and understand how relevant. Mm. I may have failed at making this a series that sticks with Bob and something he decides to come back to, but it's this is the gamble I knew I was running up against, and it's I just, I just had to make the play. Sure. And I, I accept. I, I fully agree. Does this really play out as well as it should have? No. But I'm hoping it, like I said, just kind of put the seed in there and it finds soil. Yeah. Uh, so that's Any... a lot of time not talking about this episode in particular. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. do you have anything else to say about the the shining finger? The, the minor reveal that oh, who is Schwartzbruder, the Shadow Brother? Ah, it could be anybody, really. But also playing the well, yeah, wait, Kyoji's over there. So who are you? What? Yeah, kind of get kind of giving Master Asia and like the character who has been giving all the what the you know WTF moments in the show finally gets one of against him. He's like, wait, hold on, huh? <laughs> it, it was such an enjoying moment again, something that it would be more appreciated watching everything that led up to this. Oh, I'm kinda hey. getting that. Can we hmm? mention what the antagonists' goals are and why our protagonist is like fighting against them? Because I don't think we have. Well, I mean arguably to this point it's to destroy the world, as it's been told to us by the Japanese, neo-Japanese military, and they wouldn't lie to us at all. <laughs> yeah, and, well, I mean, Dumbo's kind of there, yeah, it was something about, like, he's been told that his brother is the one who put his dad into uh, life support cryostasis, mm-hmm. and so he's, like, trying to, like, rescue and or get revenge on his brother from the Dark Gundam. Because his mom died when the Dark Gundam escaped. Because his dad and brother were traitors to Neo Japan. And that's what a good patriot believes. Mm-hmm. And also the Gundam fight is going on. But that's, you know, we're only focused yeah, on the important things. Yeah, the Gundam fight is also happening, ravaging the planet Earth, the only real planet we can inhabit. I, I'm I'm sure that had nothing to do with anything. Uh-huh. No, we, also, in this fight, Master Asia does a no-no and attacks Schwartz's um, cockpit, cockpit directly. Well, um, actually, this wasn't a sanctioned Gundam fight, and <laughs> he was genuinely trying to kill him. Yeah, that's a no-no. <laughs> well, that, makes, that makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, it actually does, because the villain did the villainous thing and didn't give any. <laughs> That's just one of those, like, ah, oh, I'm not going to pretend this was an accident. I'm genuinely trying to kill you now. <laughs> oh, good. 
But yeah, like trying to egg on Domon and make him angry. It just I just had Yoda in the back of my head going, Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate and to suffering. To be fair, it wasn't trying to get Schwartz, he was trying to get Domon. Schwartz yeah. just put himself in the way. Yeah. Yep. And can I just say I love I bought the the first Gundam G Gundam model I bought was the the uh Shadow Gundam, uh, Gundam Spiegel, because I loved the little blades on its arms. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was, it's not truly anything all that, like, unique or surprising, but man, it just looked cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's essentially that episode. By the way, Spiegel means mirror. Is it mirror? I thought it was shadow. My bad. Thank it's you for correcting mirror. me and my American ignorance. My favorite um, Green Day album. What? Or no, that was American Idiot. Don't worry about it. Moving on. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. That joke landed oh. whether it did or not, uh-huh. <laughs> because that's what a good patriot says. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, episode twenty-five. All fighters gathered. The final battles begin. The opening ceremonies begin in Neo Hong Kong. Domon and the others are surprised to see previously disqualified and presumed dead pilots back in the tournament. We get a recap of the Gundams and their abilities. Domon makes a declaration vowing to win all his matches in order to fight Master Isha. So, in this episode, we got a little bit more of the sense that Master Isha is working with the, um... Is he a king? I don't know what you call him. In the Prime Minister of Prime Neo Minister. Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Who who is named after a very famous actor? I bet you can't guess who when they said his name. Wong. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on, I gotta go back because I actually wrote this down. Oh, did I not actually get his real name? Um. Anyway, it's supposed to be Chow uh, Chow Young Fat. Oh. Okay. I forget. Uh, Wong Yun Fat. Yeah. Fat was his name. There it is. I finally know. It was Wang Yun Fat, but it's uh, named uh, based and a queek creatively to avoid any kind of direct reference to Chow Yun Fat. Specifically, the design also was carried over from Chow Yun Fat's movie, or role in the movie uh, God of Gambling. Ah, okay. Yes, I did my digging. And there's a lot of, like, visual... References to other films in throughout this, like the list. Was oh yeah, I'm sure. Long. Like in, in most anime people are nerds; they love references. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, I agree. This is like the first time we get the impression. Oh wait, Master Asia isn't working alone with the Devil Gundam. Oh yeah. By the way, they lived. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It, Spoilers for the episode in between. Like, <laughs> like more than that, I I do like that we get to see the um, like whatever. Master Asia's allegiances are, we see them, like, start to melt a little bit here. It's just like, hold on, this is not what we agreed. And to be fair, I we didn't get to see it uh, in the immediate previous episode of the actual series. But the in-between episode, between this and episode 23, um, and uh, the, thus episode 24, is the, it, we're left with the impression, Domon beats Master Asia, and presumably he is left for dead. Or, well, his, the Master Gundam blows up. Gets exploded, and yeah. He <laughs> gets, gets exploded, as so does the Devil Gundam, to all appearances. And then, 
Domon also kind of gets harangued on his way there by four mysterious Gundams. One looks like a horse. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, uh, best Gundam ever. Um, and but we get to this episode and the way it starts, if you're watching him in order, it's like, okay, now we can just return to the world martial arts. I mean, the Gundam fight. <laughs> this is fine. Everything's fine. And then a shadowy, clearly not Master Asia figure is there. Oh, it's Master Asia. And we get our, our parade of racist Gundams. <laughs> That's this episode. I'm sorry. Gundams they're, they're around regionally the regionally specific Gundams. <laughs> We all know if they're not if they're not from the Gundam region of Japan, they're just giant mech. <laughs> there's one that's rowing, uh, you know, his Viking ship. Yeah, there's yeah, one the that's Viking a boat. Gundam. That was a boat. <laughs> no, no, he comes boat. out of it. He, the boat, also kind of like the America's uh, surfboard, is a shield. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, oh, if, if you could explain to me, then the mermaid. I'm not an engineer, Bob. <laughs> I'm also not an anime engineer. I can do neither of those things. <laughs> it's like if Aquaman keeps asking for them to take the fight to the ocean, that's what that mermaid Gundam's doing, just sitting and waiting. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Actually, something about the mermaid Gundam, you find out when it, it gets its episode, that's actually a continuously hand-me-down Gundam for their country. It's the same one from several previous fights. It's held together with duct tape and well wishes. <laughs> they ran out of duct tape two fights ago. That makes sense. <laughs> That one's the saddest one to me. It's just it's just staring at everybody else going, wish I had legs, that'd be nice. Bob, I challenge up. you, I will always say, Hurricane Gundam, which should have just been called Windmill Gundam, absolutely is the saddest Gundam. Oh, Why? He could keep be kept around to, you know, cool me down if it's like a warm day. <laughs> one of the episodes that was the short list for the Yenna Highlands arc that we just exited showed the Gundams leaving from wherever they were, and they were talking about the different strategies they used. The Hurricane Gundam, Nether Gundam, whichever version you want to use for it, Windmill Gundam, hid amongst other windmills. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, if it's a strategy, it works. Do you know what it's like to be built this way? <laughs> with only the power to push others away? <laughs> Y'all remember, uh... um... Lord, I can't remember what it was called anymore, but there's the Nickelodeon show that came on on Friday night when I was very, when like, a la 1990, late, mid, late 90s, and they would have like the show, and I won't remember what it was, but it was like some squad of action figures, and then I, there was, you're uh, thinking one of... was the doll, and one was the melting guy, and, uh-huh. yeah, and one that's was the diver, the Windmill Gundam, the power to blow air. <laughs> You're thinking of the sub-series on Kablam? Yes. Yes! But they actually yes, had their own it. series for, like... That's true, they did, didn't they? I just remember Prometheus uh, and Bob. I do remember Prometheus and Bob, but that was one there was of the them. the strong also. guy, and then there was the stinky sailor. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I happen to really love the show. <laughs> I did, too. I, I really loved it, it, it. it It's like, here's this superhero lady, and she's stuck with this group. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's when I see Windmill Windmill Gundam. Uh, I I always think of Meltman. It's like with the power to melt. It's like I'm the. What are you doing? I'm the power to hide amongst other windmills and nothing else. Listen, hey, if I need my flower ground into flour, I know who I'm gonna seek out. 
You can't tell me it wasn't designed to have two functions. I mean, it can technically transform. You just gotta... Listen, when the other three years, when there's not a Gundam fight going on, this is how they keep Mm -hmm. it in working order, is they need to keep it in working order, because it's it's got daily uses. Listen, we can can have an economy that either supplies food to the people, or we can have an economy that strictly builds multiple Gundams in a single year, Japan. Japan. Uh, And this one at least does does the former. (laughs) And I will I will say this episode and kind of the end of the Guiana Highlands arc brings up a question I've always had since the first watch through of this for me. And and obviously the answer is anime. But when the rule is every country sends a Gundam, why did Japan get two? And no one questioned it and they act like it was a normal thing. I just I just need to know, like, why didn't Russia get, like, another Gundam or America get something, I don't know, less extreme? <laughs> America only needs one Gundam. I mean, you're probably right. I'm I'm just so glad it wasn't the Patriot Gundam. Yeah, God. Like, or, it, I don't know, China it, gets something that wasn't just strictly dragons. Don't they actually say something about that? Like... Well, because the God Gundam was originally intended to be for the final, so I imagine it was just like a show-off, like, upgrade. But I guess if you're submitting one Gundam, why do you get a second one for the finals? Well, cause Does everyone get, get one? Well, they said that the rule was you could rebuild and repair yeah, and like, all if that. You... But that was unique to this this uh, scenario. He said, we're introducing some new rules, and the, everyone clearly indicated by their body language and their <gasps> moments that these were never heard of before. Oh, you know, they're like, just, there. Just in, in general, like, if a country, I imagine if a country is like, hey, we finally finished building, like, our new upgrade, can we swap this in now instead of using our shitty old one? Like, I, I guess, like, I imagine looking that at this from happens. the Olympics standpoint, I have, I, I fail to see how that correlates, but well, again, <laughs> it's anime, I get it. I feel like there's, you can make some comparisons to, like, F1 racing, because it's like, you have, yeah two main cars because you're going to have two drivers in a race but then i think you have at least one backup car but then again like i don't know if you i guess you can have all the cars tuned differently so you can have like a sideboard car to swap in and out uh i want to see a gundam wearing rain slicks (laughs) what is it what whatever whatever tires you finish qualifying on are the ones you have to start the race on now, you see, I could have been okay with Neo America's Gundam being a race an car, car or a Humvee. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's an F1 car or a Humvee. It's just one a, of the two. It's just a Megas XLR. <laughs> we can call it the Colonialism Gundam, and then really kind of poo-poo it later. Oh boy! Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So this episode is isn't much <laughs> like plot-wise. It's basically like you know starting the tournament, introducing. Or reintroducing all the, like, participants and being like, oh no, the bad guys are still here. You get to see mm-hmm. some, a new cast of antagonists because, you know, we, get, we go back to kind of the Gundam of fight of the week mm-hmm. for a little bit while other side plot is still happening. And mm-hmm. we, we still get, as the series progresses from here, Domon's development and use of the super mode, becoming more comfortable with using it, understanding what this power is. Um, and fleshing out of other characters, like we learn, you know, America's pilot, like any tradi- true American, is scared of clowns. Um, 
I mean, at me, I dare you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so we, we get these, other, we, the other characters essentially get a chance to shine now that Kyoji has been dealt with. Um, sorry, Bob, you didn't get to experience 12 episodes in a row of Domon constantly yelling Kyoji. I mean, you, you've, you've seen Dragon Ball, you know what it's like when people just, in anime, when they just hang around yelling each other's names loudly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Except in this case, it was strictly Domon all the time. Listen, he's got a lot going on. He's got some anger issues. Court mandated Gundam fights. Listen, it's uh, he's working on it. Yo, that's actually probably the best therapy for, uh-huh. for anger issues. We're gonna make this guy our Gundam fighter. Go. All right, let's move on to the last episode that we watched. We, hold not- on, we got to talk what? about the most important thing about this episode. Besides seeing all the new Gundams, we get to watch a Gundam ride a horse Gundam piloted by a horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is, that is the most extra, extraist, extra well, I have so, ever extra. So th- that's the thing. We don't actually see that as piloted by a horse in this episode. No, we only see, see that next true. episode. Ride a horse. We see by, him- by virtue of next episode, though, we know it's piloted by a horse. Uh-huh. Which I have so many questions about how that works. Uh-huh. But I, I, it just makes me happy. I'm like, so you're telling me I could have a Tiger Gundam piloted by just a feral Bengal tiger? Uh-huh. And how does the horse even direct? You know, I don't know, but I love the... Listen, we'll go into the next episode, and I will address that, because there's a thing in there that proves this horse is better than Mr. Ed. Uh-huh. But please, yeah, go ahead. Let's go to the next one so we can talk yes. about better than Mr. Ed. We'll talk about the best horse that exists anywhere. And this is going to um, be a fight, actually. I don't I don't know. There is one other horse that comes to mind. <laughs> All right. Force fight, ready? Go. Episode 39, The Ultimate Attack, Duel with Master Asia, a.k.a. this fucker again. <laughs> Part 2. Alright, so, Hoon Psyche, Master Asia's horse, comes and delivers Domon to Master Asia. Long hears of this and releases a Gundam head to kill Domon and Master Asia. The two fighters get stuck below ground until they find the surface. Master Asia teaches Domon the Sekia Tenkyoken, and when they reach the surface, Domon disposes of the Gundam heads with ease. I love the Sekia Tenkyoken. It was so, be- the look of it is a better attack than just the spirit bomb. There, I said it. The horse mm-hmm. lures him onto a boat, yeah. starts the boat, <laughs> and then the boat go, and the horse just rides the boat back after dumping that... Domon off. Oh, is my favorite in any show is that horse. The sound of the engine starting, Domon turning around, and just seeing the horse on the boat going out onto the water. Unsaiki uh-huh. <laughs> is the best horse in all of anime, if not the best horse ever. I will f- take all fighters and you will all be wrong f- <laughs> okay. forever. And fight. I'm going to say that the boat was electronically ran by uh, Master Asia. Okay. Okay. And that Onyx is better because he can operate an elevator. <laughs> oh, okay. um, Onyx! How dare you forget the horse from Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, 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 yeah. The horse Onyx used can't the elevator. Do we know that? Complex. Do we know that? He got on the elevator. He got off the elevator on this floor. By virtue of the lack of existence of Gundams, 
canonically, yes, he cannot operate a Gundam. Because <laughs> they don't exist. But not Therefore, because he doesn't have the ability, just because the Gundams don't exist. But to so this extent, Foon under... Psyche can operate an elevator, I guarantee you. <laughs> is there a secret under theme of horse intelligence in anime I'm unaware of? I mean, I now. guess we could start uh, start a red breadboard. So, <laughs> I am now... There's a series we're going to watch later starring Kikayo the horse, um, the AKA black King, which is weird because it's a lady. It's part of the canon. Um, and that's another smart horse. I am currently re macheting the episodes I was going to choose for that series specifically to now center it on to make sure we get to see horse. (laughs) I'm sorry, but the best horse in anime, Kikayo. Oh, fight this, this on. Is, this is now a show, uh, this is now a podcast about anime horses. Wow. Horse fight 2023. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that poor horse getting covered in latex, that was the saddest scene of all four oh, episodes that man. we saw. Just shrink wrap that horse. horse did not enjoy that at all. I will amend it. The horse doesn't play a, a pilot a horse Gundam. It pilots a unicorn Gundam. Because that thing has a horn, not yeah. to be confused with the actual Unicorn Gundam from Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> I will pretend I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was waiting for that, Bob. Thank you. And the I guy... like how. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I like how the horse of Gundam comes out, I swear, looking like a uh, UFO before mm-hmm. transforming into yeah, a horse. Yeah, he's like using it as a platform and then it transforms into a horse. Mm hmm. In other other Gundam series, they have things that eventually come up because all all Gundams are kind of a subtype of what's called mobile suits. There is a thing that, I won't say all other Gundams, but most other Gundam series typically have what are called mobile armors of some kind or other types of mobile weapons that are kind of bigger and more heavily armored than Gundams or other mobile suits. A big zam, if you will. Yeah. So... I imagine this is the closest we kind of get in this series, besides an actual Gundam later that is just the biggest Gundam. <laughs> um, I assume this is like their equivalent of a, the closest we can get to a mobile armor in this series. Yeah, like the, the, the extra accessories that come mm-hmm. with the giant robot. I just love that. Space horse. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. This is a good horse. Maybe not Onyx level, but it's a very good <laughs> and very smart horse. Oh, Bob, you're so sadly mistaken. Yeah, I imagine to pilot the Gundam, it would have to be some sort of like super intelligent bred horse. Are Especially you to know me... where he wants to go? Yeah. Are you telling me this is a data horse like Data Dogs from Cowboy Pete? I guess. I love this horse. Some sort of genetically horse. modified, like, whether or not he's, like, tied specifically to Master Asia or just... Knows what to do. Yeah. The horse also trained under Master Asia for ten years, and so he's, uh... Ah. <laughs> In the Guiana Highlands. Yeah, 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 You yeah, should yeah, see yeah. this forced hand, Paul. Forced hand slap move. The mm. secret move of the people, the... The, you know, the uh, school B-flash. of the undefeated of the East, Bob, say it. <laughs> the school of people who like feet from Asia uh, using their B-slap. What? And... 
I picturing that horse just out there somewhere practicing and getting that, you know, hoof. Perfect yeah. horseshoe print. Yeah, the Buddha hoof <laughs> technique. <laughs> I I love I love this horse. I love this episode for this horse. I love this episode for also finally giving us the end all be all of why Master Asia. To Joe's point, I realized it after we left it. Like, you no, know, he really did say, "I want to destroy all humans, not destroy the world, just destroy all humans." Mm-hmm. And we get his reasoning, not just the "I'm going to do it," the "why," and kind of like him explaining how he had his eyes opened, and that was after the previous Gundam fight. Yeah, and just and man, he is big mood. Like again, years ago when I first saw this, all uh, two thousand two. Never made the connection, but man, he is absolutely Magneto in this series. He is the, I, I, there is, there is a cause here. There is a good and noble cause to protect the earth in this case, instead of protecting people. And there are maybe many avenues of this. Oh, hey, is that a weird Gundam over there with weird abilities? I'll take that one to destroy humanity for a thousand, Alex. (laughs) And he does. And I kind of, this is, he is one of the few villains for all, for all those sympathetic villains out there. This is one of the few villains I'm like, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm with you on this boss. Let's do this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, they also, I think, I think it's this episode. Stop me if I'm wrong. I think it's in this episode where they also say, no, it's not. So never mind. I'm going to shut up. Because <laughs> that kind of, it's a big thing when the, the real final fight between, Domon and Master Asia comes up, you know, part three, um, when he realizes kind of where, where his ideas were almost on the mark, but not quite, it, but it's so good because I mean, show of hands who here hasn't really felt bad for what humanity has done to the earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. And it's, it, it, it does such I mean, I, I am never, I won't say never, but very rarely am I f- a fan of the episode of, we've got to work together even though we don't like each other to get out of here. Because tip, typically, not always, but typically those episodes aren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. But this one does it well because we, it's not just, ah, we're not so different, or ah, we found something to bond over. It's, I'm still teaching you things, young Padawan. And there's so much you don't understand. You are still so arrogant for as far as you've come. And, or ignorant, excuse me. You're still so ignorant for as far as you come. And I love that because it's, it's showing that finally, finally confirming it's like Master Asia really isn't your enemy. Mm. He is your opponent. Yeah. It's, it, you, it's, it's, it's like I was saying, like this show, when it is doing the like soap opera thing, it's just like, yeah, no, they're making it work because like these characters just keep getting deeper, like the more you watch and, and there's like, good like extra bits of character that just keep getting revealed and are sort of left questioned and it's it's it it's good it's so good mm-hmm. and meanwhile while they're having you know master apprentice uh adventures there's wong doing diabolical wong things i swear wong, wong in my mind always should have that just villains kind of coy gif of uh, of like a, a sly smile that ooh i'm being i'm being naughty kind of smile because he he really seems to enjoy just doing whatever the hell he wants to do mm-hmm. 
and uh, we 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 come into this episode off the heels of a doubles match with Gunda uh no <laughs> words uh-huh. with uh Domon and Neo Sweden's pilot uh, Alan B Beardsley Hell of a name. name. (laughs) You ain't whistling Dixie. The only other red, white, and blue Gundam, Mm -hmm. because even America's Gundam has yellow, um, and it's a color scheme, uh, fighting Neo Russia's Bolt Gundam and Canada's Grizzly Gundam. Bob, the reason this is important because there was a misunderstanding and Canada's Gundam pilot lost his wife in an accident. Oh no. That he thought was sad. At the hands of Russia's pilot. Oh no! What? It's his backstory. Oh, it's both drama. of their backstory. Drama, um, drama. I know drama, soap opera, as as the Gundam fight turns, and it's <laughs> so so they're made to work together, and they do because these are essentially two big burly boys fighting against two a martial artist and. A we'll, gymnast. We'll say a, yeah, a gymnast. Essentially, I don't know what Sweden has for fighters. Um. So, and Sweden, if you hadn't picked up, also kind of had its super mode and knew about it or knew how to do it, except they had a berserker system where essentially Sailor Venus became Wolverine mm-hmm. and just lost all control and would mercilessly slaughter. I mean, she beat me, a Russia's pilot who is the biggest, burliest boy, mm-hmm. by ripping his arm off just cleanly, just like in, in like five seconds, I think is what it was, just a record time. And, uh, long story short, that's not supposed to be activated. Wong activated it because yeah. he's Wong. He, he's so naughty, just doing naughty things. He's doing the Vince McMahon thing. He has to write the story of the, the, oh. the fight needs an arc. Okay. If they reboot this, this needs to absolutely be the WWE, not, not, not the, uh, Olympics. Oh my God. Oh, yes. That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that'd be so much better. Okay. Who's the stone cold of G Gundam? Oh, this is where I say I only know names. I know nothing else. Uh, I mean, I mean, in today's, would Domon be, if, if it was like 10 years ago, I think Domon would be John Cena. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that, oh my God, that's Neo Japan's music. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know enough about wrestling either. We're, I just want, I want the Orange Cassidy of G Gundam. That's a joke for Pat Bear and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, is Ma- is Master Asia just essentially Hulk Hogan at this point? Just the oldest of the fighters? No, uh, Master Asia is um, the Undertaker, who just, you oh, can't get rid of him. I was hoping you'd say that. Oh, I love the Undertaker, that's my boy. E- even when he was a biker for a little bit. <laughs> no, hmm. I think he's retired now. I, I have a brother-in-law who loves wrestling, and yeah, so I... He did. Kind of, a, he did a fight yeah. not that long ago, but I think it was sort of like a more of just like a yeah, no, I'm I'm y'all still respect me kind of thing. Mm. Um, I just had my head, my brain is a dangerous cul-de-sac because my brain just had an image of Master Asia doing one of his speeches about get angry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I'm gaveling this. We're not a wrestling okay. podcast. We're an anime podcast. You're right. You're right. Actually, <laughs> hang on. This is in my notes. Okay. Uh, the the way that this episode ends after uh, Domon and Master Asia take care of the the devil head that that's trying to kill them is basically like, 
um i don't know i I forget exactly what he says but it's kind of like hey domo you better be good and win all those fights and we face off in the finals Mm -hmm. and the thing in my notes is just i'll see you at gundam wrestlemania brother that's what master asia says at the end of the show yeah he's only got one fight left and it's the one that has a floor rigged with explosives uh-huh. so you've got x amount of time to win or both of the only two undefeated pilots die oh my god yeah god all right really wrong. there's there is so much show in this show <laughs> There is Wong. Like Wong is a happy camper. I, Wong is just at his best when he's being naughty. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, and then Alan B gets abducted by 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 not good not good uh, medical personnel, so she can further be experimented on. Don't worry about it; it's going to be fine, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh, and and Domo Domo really. is an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I understand being worried and losing something, and to be fair, Rain is a doctor. She should. I I thought the whole thing is like, if you should, that's my patient, I'm not supposed to leave you. I could be completely ignorant. Here. Let me let me tell you about like professional medical teams and the difference between triage and hospital care. Go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, shoot, it's the the line from Red versus Blue. A doctor heals people. A medic just makes them comfortable while they die. Oh no. Oh, you you ain't wrong. Uh-huh. And that was the last good thing to come out of Rooster Teeth. Okay, what what else? Mm-hmm. What yeah, do we I'll, have left? I'll before I get my soapbox. And then Domon gets so mad at her, you know, Argo Golski, who is really not a bad guy, just kind of comes in and is like, "Yo, dude, don't don't treat women like that. That ain't right." Um, and he, she she decides to quit. She leaves a re- letter of resignation. Also, Neo Japan for whatever reason brought their last year's Gundam also to Earth. I'm sure that's not relevant to anything that will come up later. Mm-hmm. Um, as I remember, Rising Gundam, like as in The Rising Sun. Man, th- the names in this show. But yeah, it's essentially where we end and imply that maybe she goes to work with Neo Germany. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. I'm sure that doesn't have soap opera ro- drama romance levels in the next episode. Don't worry about it. It's so good. Like, like, like that's the thing. Those are the kind of setups that make the big finale. So- this this show this show has so many finale episodes. It's wild. Yeah this this show absolutely had this, this the other reason I think the show would benefit from a reboot. You could have multiple seasons of this show just to go through the arcs and just have some more fun with it. Oh, totally. So, Bob, what did you think? Is this a show uh, you'd seek out on your own or just something you'd want you'd watch if it was on? So, this is actually the first Gundam series I've watched. Which is such a weird one to come in on. It's the least Gundam Gundam. <laughs> I know. Am I making a good entry point? Because if you like the Gundam-y parts that are more like the other Gundam. Gundam-y parts were okay. gundam I don't even know what I said there. <laughs> uh, parts were not bad. What kept me watching is just the interactions of the people. And this was, to me, the most anime-centric in my viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I've watched so far. It was over the top as far as the action went. Uh, the movement styles were all fast. Uh, it's, you know, they didn't animate anything except for five blobs to call them hands or feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the relationships are sporadic, but they get closer and closer even though they're completely different people. Uh, overall, I'm going to say that I will definitely be seeking this out, and we'll probably watch the whole series. Yeah! Cool. Really did like this show. It's a good show. And and uh, that's the thing, like, I, I say it is, like, the least Gundam-y series, but, uh, but again, like, in retrospect, having... But having knowing what I now know between when I first saw the series and now, like liking this show doesn't say much about if you're going to like other Gundam shows, but it does say if you're going to like, um, like the sort of seventies and eighties kind of anime, which are far more anime than even a lot of stuff we we get today. Um, mm. so I'm really excited about, uh, some of the later tiers that we're going to get into. Cause if you like this, I think you're going to enjoy the heck out of those. Like, I'm really nervous. I've, I've heard the phrase, uh, slice of life type uh-huh. of shows. Uh-huh. And I'm nervous about that because they tend not to be as action oriented or they're more, you know, real life based. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. I love me a good drama every now and then. But there's something to be said for your fast action, your slight humor, your Joey characters, your... Yeah, your um, escapism. Escape from the everyday life. Yes, the Vegeta characters. You just want that, you are a trope. (laughs) You you want it like, ah, you are a jerk. I understand your character. We can get along. I don't have to like you, but I do have to be able to follow you. It's a level of escapism as opposed to associating with, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm excited that you're gonna seek out more of the show. Oh yes, absolutely. I still got to finish Bebop. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've watched it. I watched it for a little bit and then got sick. But uh, it's him about ten episodes from the end. Ooh, oh. cool. Wow. Right yeah that that's that's most of the way. That's in there. Yeah. Um. What are oh, our are. What wait? What about um the opening song? Did you say where in your oh, writing yes. he put it at the bottom? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so let me pull up our different um like it's tier listings. Oh, yes, I think if I recall, and this hurts my head to try to remember because not so bright sometimes. Uh, the list uh, I have is uh, top is Cowboy Bebop, then yep. Trigun. Yep. Then Yu Yu Hakusho, yep. then Agretzko, and then yep. Arcane. I think Arcane will always be on the bottom. <laughs> Just to let you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would put this between Trigun and Yu Yu. Okay. All right. It's it's not bad. It's okay. It's very of its time, and whereas you guys heard a beat for me, I guess I wanted more from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's very um, it, it it is like the the not jazzercise, but it is it is definitely of like the energetic eighties, not like the the synth eighties that I think a lot of people think of when they think of the eighties. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the um, it's actually not that far off. Uh, if you watch DBZ. I forget when they changed it, but like the the intro that they played uh, on the dub and the American version, they changed into the weird like metal dragon, dragon, rock to yeah. dragon. 
Um, the yeah. the original intro is Shalah Head Shalah, which is way closer to this than than it is to the. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember Shalah Head Shalah. Okay, uh, I'll I'll. You do if you watch DBZA. Yeah. Um, I. I'm, I'm just gonna like drop that in the chat while you go on. Dragon. <laughs> uh, if the Dragon Ball Z was ridiculous, Dragon Ball Super I really do like. Not gonna lie. I, I like Super's last intro. The one before yeah. it, not so much. Uh, uh, yeah, I would give this one a third. So, yeah. we're at six now. Alrighty. Once we hit 18, we're going to have to make that compilation CD. <laughs> All that right, way so you can we give have, it to your Valentine. We have one show left in our current tier of the Daytime Toonami tier. Oh. Oh. <laughs> nineteen ninety nine was, was an important year for anime, Bob. Yeah. I was uh oh time to date me, I was a junior in high school. Alright, so next time we'll be watching The Gang Steals a Rock'em Sock'em Starship, also known as Outlaw Star. Oh, I've heard of Outlaw Star. It's a good show. I have never seen a single episode of it, but at least (laughs) I have heard of it. It is something. (laughs) Let me tell you, a very I have hard feelings about this. A very popular American show that didn't do too well on TV during its original run, I think copied someone's homework. Ooh, all right. I'm talking about the one that was canceled on Fox, weren't you? How did you know? (laughs) Lucky guess. Poor X Files. Yes, X file. I am. I am happy to hear all about this uh, next time. And uh, hey, everyone at home, we will see you next time. Uh, and until then, this has been Deep into Weeps. See you later. Shining finger. This hand of mine burned red. Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by C. Cotty 3. You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served. That's the one thing most missing from this selection is we do not hear Domon say this hand of mine is burning red. It's roar tells me <laughs> to defeat you. Yeah, that's like all strictly in like the first 12 episodes. Right, but I feel After it's episode one. It's like so iconic. It is. It is. Also, if your hand burns red after four hours, see a doctor. <laughs>